Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey, kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling, too. This is Shake Them Rubs. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. The wrestling's been pretty good this week, up until today. <laughs> and then things hit the fan. Uh, oh, shall we just get into it, Chris, or do you have some yeah, let's, talk? No, let's, let's do it. I mean, you know. Uh, so the, If the, you're here for contrarian opinions, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we should rename this is the contrarian show for some reason uh so collision is set to debut tomorrow cheap plug for me i'll be on the fight game media network's youtube show after collision for live hot takes we all ready are we all ready for collision are we are, have we gathered you know punk you ready yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah i just have this one interview i need to do Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Word coming out earlier this week from Wade Keller that a that there was some controversy behind this interview, and Brian Alvarez seemed to pile on it that there are people unhappy in the locker room about, and I can kind of see why. It's not anything that we don't already know per se. A lot of this drama. Um, look, there are NDAs involved, but yes, Mark Raimondi of ESPN did an interview with CM Punk in anticipation of collision and Punk talked about his issues with hangman Adam Page, who I assume is not part of the NDA, but just to, uh, just to bring you up on the timeline here, uh, Punk and hangman agreed on a promo hangman went off script and took some liberties Punk got hurt physically by stuff that was going on in the match between the two of them, where uh, Hangman Page, I guess, a chop went too high and chipped a tooth and stuff like that. Punk gets ticked off, and then uh, Punk dishes his receipt eventually after Tony Khan doesn't do anything. Now, some of the histrionics by Punk here, number one, well, actually, let, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. This is not the time to relitigate old wounds, even if they yeah. he was asked about it. You just say, "Look, that's a, if things are truly in the past, as he would like to say they are, they are in the past. Now is not the time. You don't need an explainer. You got a new TV show coming up. <laughs> just this is not the time for." So, them. on one hand, I'm glad that Punk clarified his version of the timeline a lot more because i i think there there's certainly antagonism between punk and the bucks and omega but then there's also this antagonism that's happening between punk and page and that happens in the ring um during the course of them being physical and 
I mean, like, look, if that one chop went high, I'm guessing there were other times where these two guys are being a bit stiff with each other during the course of that matchup. And I go back to the the quote here, which uh, now now I want to also mention, I think that like it's idiotic and clearly toxic for CM Punk to be relitigating this stuff. So while on one hand it's clarifying or whatever, um, it's like. I mean, we go back to this worker right, workers' rights promo, right? Um, let me get it up because I don't, I want to read it again. Uh, like, well, while you it, get it up, let me also. Sure. Oh, jeez, that's oh, here it is. I got, I got it. I got it. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, I don't need your help for that. While I, anyways, I, I've, now, I've now, I've now gotten the quotes. Into hey, a you know, place we used where to I be, read it. We used to be sponsored by those types of. Things. Uh, <laughs> the sponsored days. I look back fondly. Yeah, remember on... when this show made money? Um, yeah, yeah, but and also the deconstructionist, increasingly deconstructionist commercials we offered you all. Yes. But um, here in this space, <laughs> I want to talk about this. You talk a big game about workers' rights. Well, you've shown the exact opposite since you got here. I love this place. I care about this place. This is my home, and it's Sunday. At double or, or this Sunday at double or nothing, I will not be defending this championship against you. No, for the first time in my life, I'll be defending all elite wrestling from you. The your mileage may vary on this, but like a, a lo- the idea that Paige is saying these words absent the opinions of others informing him. Well, I mean, it would strike me as unbelievably arrogant. I mean, you, you say that you're doing this for everybody and you haven't spoken to anyone. Like, you just, like, sort of, like, sat, meditated, realized what was good for all, and then came down and said this thing to CM Punk? No. Well, I, let, let me... Let me uh... I think it's far more likely that Paige was talking to people, up to and including the Bucks and Omega, and that was part of where this was all coming from. As it says in the article... Um... Page thought that Colt Cabana lost his job because of Punk, and I assume when he's saying I'm defending, I'm defending him from you, it's everybody in the locker room liked Colt, and then you got here and you got him fired. Which which we speculated on that that was what was going on here that the locker room had been poisoned when he got there. Um, the other part and, where and they just Colt Cabana to poison him, which. I mean, not to really get all of the Colt Cabana and CM Punk stuff, but I have a hard time looking at CM Punk as the villain in that exchange between those two guys. Uh, I, I guess because I don't know enough about what happened before the trial, but I know that once, you know, lawyers and money get involved and, you know, Punk being Punk and, you know, whatever happened with Colt and who he was talking to and who he wasn't talking to. The other part, though, that I just go, oh, my God, Punk, why are we doing this right now? It's like, well, I was afraid to get in the ring with with Hangman Page. I'm like, you are a trained UFC mixed martial arts fighter. If that you cannot so take unbelievably weak, I, if you that... cannot take care of yourself and just punch a guy in the face. <laughs> if he decides to shoot on you. Bill Watts is rolling over in his grave and he's not dead yet. That's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like. You remember when, like, people would get in the ring with Vader and Vader would take liberties 
And all you had to do was to get Vader Jamrock to start. would just fight back. Yeah. Just, you just punch him in the face and he'll be fine. What happened to those days? <laughs> Where it's like, people are going to get earth seats. Okay. People get potatoed accidentally. And then it's like, you know, if you're mad about it, you, you have a receipt in your back pocket. If somebody's purposely taking liberties with you, you're supposed, this is supposed to be a tough business. Punch right. them in the face. I know, not for nothing. That that would have made the page and uh, punk match that much more interesting. Honestly, I, dude, if it had devolved, it might have been one of the best matches. I know. I I mean, I'm kind of here for that. So I'm just amazed. I'm no, amazed. I, I don't. At this he doesn't. He doesn't come off better in any way in this article, even no. with the additional information that he offers, which in some cases confirms those of us who believe that the Bucks and Page have a larger, you know, role to play here than let's say like 10% or 5% or whatever. But uh he comes off as I mean like just like the timing of this. He's never gonna let this shit go. No, he has <laughs> he has a list of grievances and it yeah it, it's one of those things where it's like you know it, it, you're you're at the funeral of of someone it's like yeah and there was that time she cheated on me it's like this is not the time right you, right you don't that was not the time to to get grievances that was the time to to shine your image of because i honestly do believe this too chris i believe he wants to mentor younger wrestlers i believe he wants to be a positive force in wrestling I believe his attitude sometimes gets in the way of that. I believe, let's put it this way. I believe he has good intentions. I just believe he has bad people skills. Yeah. I I don't think he came in here trying to be malicious. And I think he's right to feel railroaded over the Colt Cabana stuff. And again, this is Tony Khan's problem. Tony Khan right. needed to step right. in here. Tony Khan still likes punk a lot. And that's, you know, I guess that's a positive thing, but you nip the page issue in the bud and nothing else happens. Well, and the cabana issue too. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. If you're Tony Khan and you're going to pay big money to get CM Punk to come into your promotion and unretire and come back into the ring for the first time in seven years, and you're doing this specifically to juice ratings, the needs in the fields of Colt Cabana do not matter. You toss that into the toilet because you are making a move specifically to juice the ratings here, which well, it did. Which let it let did. me let me uh, smooth out a little bit of what you said there because 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 I, I understand the directness of it. You have a guy who went through the Indies and a lot of people like and a lot of people worked with in ROH. You need to have a meeting with this locker room and explain things and get them ready. Now, they may not like it. It may all end up the same way it would have ended up anyways. But And I don't know if this happened or not, but you need to do some damage control before he ever gets there. Right, and you need to remind everyone it's your house. Like, this, yes. is, this is the house that Tony built. This is, you know, and his The dad. buck stops here. Right. 
And I, I love that. I love that. It's because it's like the young bucks are also uh, in the company. It's <laughs> the really bucks clever. stop here as well. Yes, come on. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. No, I know that that man. That's that's wonderful stuff. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it, it's to me, it's just like. Tony Khan needed to put his foot down here. This is a business decision that he's making for the good of the company. And the workers like can't, it, there's, he there's can't be a friend to everybody in this case. And the inmates can't run the asylum. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that, that's a thing that I feel like routinely is the problem here is it's, it's the inmates run the asylum over and over again. And the cool dad problem. Right. They're not your friends. They're your employees. Now it might be you might have a friendly relationship with them, but still, you know th this isn't a collaborative effort per se. If you're the guy controlling everything, um, further news: it was just announced on Twitter that uh, the theme song for AEW Collision, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting by Sir Elton John. Old Tony paid some money for that one. I kind of like the uh, I kind of like it, Chris. I kind of like it. Uh, I mean, I, I think I like it in particular because, like, I can hear that ben -en -en, den -en -en, as, like, a retro NWA-style intro or whatever. Like, it, it, this, it's a really good theme song if you're great making... Song. Oh, it's a great song, but, if, like, if you're making a throwback-style show. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, they were really committed to that. I, I think I mean, we're both kind of hoping for a bit of a throwback show, too. Uh, yes. You and I, although this this is a tangent that I don't think you're going to get, but the only other pop culture usage of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting that I can think of right now, there's an episode of ALF. <laughs> I, love, I love ALF. That that show for the younger set is very strange to go back and watch. ALF oh, is, it's terrible. It's ALF's a very weird character. Yeah, it, 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 somebody got high and made ALF. And of course, Willie, the old, the the nebbish father of the family, who turned out to be a giant crackhead, which just seemed weird, singing Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on the keyboard. Well, <laughs> never mind. I, I gotta move on because I can't get into Alf talk. Uh, That's, it's yeah. it's a strangely dark no, show. Yeah. Alf. I, I I hate that in America in 2023 we can't speak on the real stuff anymore. Yeah. Oh, but, but by the way, it's a culture we can't even talk about Alf anymore. Underrated the made-for-TV movie Project Alf that aired on a different network, which has one of the greatest jokes I've ever seen in pop culture. <laughs> what Alf, is Project Alf. It, it, it's basically Alf is captured by the government. Oh my by god! By the military. Oh my god! Do you and they want to weaponize him? Yeah, yeah, it's fun, but because like, what powers did he have other than just like being able to eat anything? He ate cats. Yeah, he, he ate cats. Eat. Right. Yeah. He well, ate he was an alien, so of course the military wanted to see how they could use this for their own benefit because that's how you wrote the military in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. Oh, I mean, that's what the military would do too. <laughs> I mean, it's not just. I mean, it's plausible. At least. It's all but, but that's one of the best jokes. He's being evaluated by these different people, and uh, <laughs> he goes, "What's the difference between a shower curtain and toilet paper?" The guy goes, "I don't know." He goes, "So you're the one." <laughs> <laughs> love that gag anyway moving on <laughs> oh dear lord what am i doing uh the collision announced team has been uh announced as well <laughs> that's a hell of a sentence hawkins uh kevin kelly nigel mcginnis and and as they say 
offering up his veteran experience, Jim Ross. Mm. Uh, I like to call him good old JR. Well, of course, it was the good old at JR's barbecue handle. Um, interesting for a couple reasons. Number one, we are yet again bringing in another announcer in Kevin Kelly when we have Ian Riccoboni around. I know people kind of connect Riccoboni with only ROH, and maybe he could only do the ROH broadcast. But, I mean, we have lots of other guys in the stable here, but Kevin Kelly is also the American voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, which makes me wonder if they're going to, one of these companies is going to try exclusivity one of these days. Nigel McGinnis is, he can be good. Let's put it that way. In NXT UK, and even in NXT on his second run there, or first run, I can't remember what it was, there was, or no, it was his SmackDown run, that very short-lived SmackDown run. He kind of got into Clicheville a little bit. Uh, you know, you know, he'd always say, now, wait a minute, you know, that kind of thing, whenever, right before a big move. Him and uh, uh, Morrow, uh, kind of got into a, a a bit of a rut at times, I think. But I'm interested in that. And as long as Jim Ross isn't crapping on the product, I'm fine with it. You know, <laughs> or or just trying to get his stuff in on commentary. If it's just you know quips here and there, a little historical analysis, I'm good with that. Uh, I'm gonna be interested in the, look. I'm interested in this show. I really want to watch it. I'll be watching the first episode live, of course. I I think it'd be. I think there's some brave things they could do on this show to really get people talking, like, say, turn CM Punk heel on night one. I think that'd be fascinating. But uh, but we will see, and it will become part of our lazy river here, uh, depending on if Chris can watch it or if I can watch it, given the darn week. I mean, it, especially if they do some interesting angles and it feels like it's going to have some weight yeah, and be a part of the discussion, then we'll watch it. Uh, but I, I feel like you and I kind of increasingly triage watching stuff based off of how much these angles actually matter on a given week. Yeah. And also just given the night, because by the time we record, it's already almost a week old. So it's also one of those things where it's like, yeah, but things. like we would still want to circle back to the CM Punk angle in the same way that yeah. we, we wanted to talk about bloodline stuff. And we, we have done week old bloodline. Oh yeah. Bloodline, bloodline's still interesting. No matter what, uh, no matter what Joe Lanza says. <laughs> Uh, WWE's exclusive window for negotiating with Comcast and Fox over TV rights for its television shows is up, meaning other potential suitors can come into play. There's a rumor, unsubstantiated naturally, that Disney is involved somehow, perhaps to broadcast on FX, which they own. Um... I think Disney actually owns the Fox network, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's just a weird, they own 20th century Fox. I don't know if that means they own the Fox network or not. I'm not sure of the mergers and acquisitions aspect of it all. I feel like Murdoch owns Fox news and news Corp. Yes. Not 20th century Fox. No, that's correct. Disney owns them, but I'm not sure who owns the Fox networks in terms of, you know, like the TV network, too. the TV networks. Yeah. Um, Disney, it's always usually Nick Khan, uh, leaking that in my opinion, my, my opinion is WWE will go with whoever paid them, who pays them the most. I think Comcast has a distinct advantage here. And I think they will want to be in the raw business 
for a number of years. It's SmackDown that I would worry about. SmackDown could find a home on FX. SmackDown has been broadcast on Fox Sports West. I think WWE would take it as an insult if they took them off of broadcast television. Yeah, especially with the numbers they've been doing. Yeah, and their numbers have been pretty good of late. I believe they had 2.1 million this past week on, and on they had Friday. That 3 million number that one week. I mean, yeah. That was, was just staggering stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see. And of course, everybody's going to be waiting. And then what, what? I mean, Warner Brothers Discovery could be a player in this too. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, personnel front BJ Whitmer fired from AEW after being arrested for second degree burglary and strangulation. Uh, good move on AEW to move swiftly on that part, but uh, being hired as producers in Tabork and Creative, Jimmy Jacobs, formerly of Ring of Honor and uh, as of late working as creative in Impact. And uh, Where's Kevin... Jeff Hardy working these days, huh? Where's Jeff Hardy working at? He's in AEW, of course. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Well, I know it's still good that they got rid of BJ Whitmer. <laughs> uh, duly noted. Um, Although domestic abuse is a little bit higher than drunk driving, but I, uh, I get your well, point. Well, until you kill somebody with your vehicle. Until you kill, yes, yes. The point made, Chris. Uh, I'll, I'll take the L on it. Uh, and Kevin Matthews, who formerly worked, I believe, in Impact as KM, is also uh, being hired. So a lot of ex-indie guys that a lot of these guys worked with. Um, Jimmy Jacobs. I find the synergy interesting because, of course, he was fired from WWE, when he took a picture with the with the Bucks and Cody when they did their march on Ontario, California out here. Uh when you know, when they were still the young upstarts of of wrestling trying to get a trying to get a company going and things like that. Um Jimmy Jacobs not my favorite creative necessarily, but I mean he had been doing a lot of the supernatural stuff in Impact, but he was also uh he was also kind of uh, the Chris Jericho whisperer in WWE with like the list and the pen clicking and things like that. So, I mean, I'll give him a chance here. I have, I have no problem with it overall because, I mean, he knows. I mean, look, he's worked with most of those guys for years. I get it. It just, for lack of a better term, it, it it's not an inspired pickup to me. It's not outside-of-the-box thinking, but it doesn't necessarily have to be either. No, I, I mean, I you know, I, I think Jimmy Jacobs is, I guess the big knock is just that he's a known quantity or whatever, and but but his track record's not bad. I you know, he's just not like a world. I, I think most of my negativity comes from I didn't I just didn't like his character in ROH. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta no, be honest his, with you. No, his ROH character wasn't great, but like yeah, his creative, as far as I can remember, it's actually been you know perfectly perfectly fine. Perfectly accepted. I mean, if, as a, as a guy in the room, sure, okay. Uh Nails making his first public appearance at a comic con in, in Detroit. He's also signed on to do Project the High Spots. Kind of begs the question: Is there that much demand for nails? <laughs> Are we talking like nails from DOA in the nineties? No, we're talking nails the convict who had a feud with the Big Boss Man. Whoa! And then did like the one shot in WCW as the convict against Sting. Oh. I just find that interesting wow. that he's a guy that they brought out from mothballs. <laughs> uh, Roosh quit AAA this past week. Uh, Roosh's contract with AEW is a one-year deal and is believed to be up soon. 
incidentally, Andrade is on a three-year deal with AEW, and he was of the impression that his is up in a few months. But in his case, due to injury, AEW could extend it for the amount of time he was out injured. This is Uncle Dave talking. There was talk of it opening the door to trying to talk with WWE, in parentheses, where Andrade's wife works. <laughs> it's almost, and this is also Dave editorializing a bit, it's almost funny that AAA did WWE such a big favor with the Dragon Lee thing in December, enough that it almost cost AAA its relationship with AEW. Any thoughts on Roosh? I mean, if he went to WWE, we know what his ceiling would be at. W- member of the LWO or fighting right. for control. There's just a there's just a clear there's just a clear limit to um there's a clear limit to how much one can achieve in WWE if you don't have a strong command of the promos. Yeah, they they have a style. They want you to do expositiony promos. You don't get to do real promos in there in my opinion. Right. And that's, that's the other, I mean, and, and you, the English is a second language people. I mean, the other part is they still get stuck with this complicated verbiage. that's not even written like in a way that's particularly friendly for an ESL person. They get complicated verbiage. They get stuck in a stereotypical gimmick of some sort, you know, Oh, you, all the Hispanics, like, you know, all the black wrestlers will be together. All the, you know, they they love their racial segregation. You know, I mean, it's not like it's not like Oscar has given given anything interesting in the past three months to say ever online. It's just Oscar is such a such a transcendental performer that she can overcome bad material. But, but like, it, let's not kid ourselves. This material's horrible. Yes. Um. Yeah, I if I were Russian Andrade, I would be trying to make the most of this opportunity on on Collision. I really would. I, I I just I understand Andrade. Andrade is a Triple H guy, and and Triple H, you know, made him look like a million bucks in NXT. It ain't it. Even Triple H's WWE ain't NXT anymore. It, it's just it's a different ball game. It's a different set of fans. It's a much more for lack of a better term, they ain't tuned in. They're casual as hell. They, they yeah. they'll they're a little Caucasian, to be honest with you. And they, they like they're a little xenophobic. It's just one of those things where and, and that's mostly what WWE does in terms of packaging. It's like, yeah, they're gonna cheer the LWO and they're gonna get their cheers and stuff like that, but still to me it's a cringe gimmick in some ways. Now, I love the performers in it, but it's a cringe gimmick to me. Yeah, no, bringing back the LWO, I, I didn't look, I don't look at it as strong. I, it, it, it's not strong in particular because it's not even, they haven't really even attempted to root it into It's much a brand. Before. That's all it is. They, yeah. They haven't explained why they love no. the LWO other than, right. oh, Eddie Guerrero did it. You know, it's like, okay, right. great. No, I, I mean, they should be trying to educate people on, like, psychosis and La Parca and, you know, El Dandy. Uh, the history of Lucha, whatever you want, right. you know. You use this as an opportunity to do something with it. And all it is is it's a T-shirt that they want to sell in the store. That's I know. all it is. I know. Speaking of which, it looks like Carlito has been re-signed to WWE. He is only 43. Wow. 
Yeah, he got in young. I mean, he, you know, yeah, he's a cologne. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 right, right. Sure, sure, sure. I know. It's just like if we well, could get Primo and Epico back too. <laughs> and we got Garza there, right? They're probably twenty-five. Oh well, Garza just re-showed up on uh, NXT. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks like Carrillo, who's a cologne. I, I forget. Or no, they're they're both Garzas. No, Primo and Primo and Epico are both colognes. Are the colognes? Are the colognes? Yeah. Yeah. Along with Carlito. Yes. Carlito's an older brother, I believe. But uh, you know, does that mean we could bring back Sin Cara? Acts too much like a star backstage. Can't do it. <laughs> now, Carlito had canceled a couple of independent bookings, but that makes uh, at least uh, Fightful Select think that Carlito is on his way back into the company to once again chew on an apple and spit in the face of people who aren't cool. Except this time he'll probably be in an LWO shirt. That, that's pretty much what's going to happen is, hey, they remember you like this. We're going to do that gimmick again, except this time you're going to be in this shirt. That's it. That's that's the I don't have anything to add there, Chris. I, I mean, I just think the representation of Spanish international stars is so inspiring that if you're a guy like Roosh, you're you're not walking, you're running to join this company. Especially working as stiff as you do. Because we all know they love their stiffness in WWE. Uh, that'll do it for the news portion. And now, what's well, going to be, I think, an interesting lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever we watched this week, whatever we saw, whatever we're thinking about in the world of wrestling. It comes in. And Chris, I'm not prone to hyperbole, even though I am the greatest man who ever lived. Mm. But <laughs> I thought that Dynamite was the best show they've ever done. And it's high up there with best television wrestling programs I've watched in terms of free week-to-week television. And I'll tell you why. It wasn't just that 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 MJF Adam Cole match was so beautiful in so many ways. And we'll get, we'll, we'll break that down a little bit as, as we go, but they addressed a lot of weaknesses from last year's forbidden door build that I appreciate, especially promos and why we're watching this and it looks like they're actually trying with the build i thought all the matches on this show were great and it had a hot ending too i i really really loved this dynamite chris what did you think about it like i i agree with you especially at the the end here where you have like takeshita coming out and omega um scrumming out uh i i thought that, that was a particularly strong ending uh just i, I mean i always like bedlam style endings I even think that Nitro used to do that a lot. Yes. And that was a really strong move. I mean, one of my favorite endings to Nitro is where the NWO comes out. It's like destroying the ring and everything. And uh, the giant is on commentary and explaining how Hulk Hogan turned him heel as like chaos is ensuing all around him. Now that Uh, I think about a lot of my endings for shows have been chaos, either horsemen beating down people. I remember it was a terrible raw, but the great ending with, with the Nexus debut, I just thought that debut was awesome or they tear apart everything, including attacking Michael Cole. Uh, yeah. And then, and then this ending with Osprey and just making him look like a million bucks. I, yeah. I thought this ending was great, but continue. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think that making Sammy Guevara, Jay Uso is also like a fun little move. I think this will actually help turn him babyface. This whole like 
Sammy, you know, getting called to his better angels by Darby and Sting thing actually will m help make the babyface Sammy thing stick. If they, I didn't have time to research this, but maybe you remember or not. When they started the four pillar storyline, wasn't there a promo by either Sammy or Jericho and the JAS that said that Sammy had their blessing to go off and do this on his own without the JAS? Because that was the only thing sticking in my craw about that promo with Jericho. I wanted to say that Jericho did say that. Yes, I remember that. And may maybe this is just, oh, well, Jeff, he's being a heel because he did say that. I go, yeah, but you got to remind people that he said that. If right. you're gonna pull that move, right, that, right, no, like Sammy, Sammy would need to actually speak on that explicitly, like, I, and I would say almost immediately, like, yeah, like, like Chris, you said I had the JAS's blessing right. to go off there and do that. That's why I didn't call you for help, and so yeah, I wanted to do it on my have own. Have an instant react to that, like at least even if it's not verbal, his hands would need to at least go up, like, well, what the hell, man? Uh, I thought we had a deal. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, you know, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network can we go into this mjf adam cole thing of beauty yes let's go into it
Oh my goodness. Um, number one, I, I loved how everybody goes, well, it started off real slow. Well, guess what, guys? That's the stuff I dig. MJF just being an awesome heel and doing almost every, <laughs> to a point where it's almost overkill, every heel trope. The Fargo strut, the taking a powder, the mocking of the of moves and the crowd. I adored this. I adored how it continued. I loved the HBK mocking and 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 the tuning up the band for for sweet chin music. I loved the Eddie Guerrero failure of that spot with the belt. I thought that was ingenious the way they did that. And the crowd picked up on it immediately and and got the chant going. Um I thought MJF worked his ass off in this match and that's not enough uh, he never gets enough credit for what he does in the ring because he's working with guys who are considered such great workers. But I thought MJF, you know, coming off the top, uh, just his general stuff and, and his attitude towards it where he wasn't being funny. He was actually trying to hurt Adam Cole at times. I really liked. And I adored that this crowd hated this ending because I loved it so much because I missed the time cue when Justin Roberts said 20 minutes because I was, I was kind of, I was watching it, but I wasn't really listening. And so they didn't telegraph the time limit ending, but when it rang at two and I'm like, okay, who, who just did the screw job? And they go, Oh, the time's up. I, I cheered a little bit in my couch. And then when Adam Cole did the five more minutes and MJF said, no, Yes, this this is this is so old school. This is this is dusty and dirty. It's so old. It hasn't been cleaned in a while. This this was Flair doing a time limit draw on TV. I think against Wyndham. Don't, don't quote me on that one. But I, I I adored everything about this match, Chris. I I think that this was a really really entertaining match and even though i kind of caught wind i'm like uh we are going the distance so like i saw this coming because there's there's just limited outs on this particular match either cole has to win or cole has to not lose and once i started getting a feel for the pacing i was like oh we're going the distance that being said though this is an unbelievably fun going the distance sort of match and i like the end of this where MJF, and this sort of gets reprised later on in the show too. MJF is trying to seem strong when he says no, but he's scared. Mm-hmm. And that is coming across very effectively, in my opinion. I think they're doing a really good job with that. Yeah, they didn't make him a coward outright, which was a good thing. No, no um, but his fear is palpable. And I like that. Uh, so no, I, I I thought that this was a very entertaining match, um, and this might be my favorite match of the year so far. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking hard on what else was better. I mean, I kind of like the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I would have given Cole the win here, but I thought that this draw was so strong in favor of Cole that it more or less did did the job. I I mean, they're trying to protect that MJF has never lost or whatever, but I got to be honest. 
I think that's idiotic for a heel champion to have to hang on to in terms of booking patterns. I think it's perfectly fine for your heel champion to like lose via disqualification, not necessarily a pinfall, but like via disqualification, um, you know, via count out, uh, any, any number of different ways. I like that this, well, I like that it increases the want of the audience to see Adam Cole win. Mostly, and it also helps not overshadow Forbidden Door. And and the challengers that they're doing for for that, which is now Tanahashi. Because you, you can't really have Adam Cole deserves this shot, Adam Cole deserves this shot, but now Tanahashi, we have to somehow, you know, shoehorn him in there. It, it eliminates that issue there, and it keeps the chase going. And just, you know, all 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 you have to do now is just have MJF go, you didn't beat me, you didn't beat me. And Adam Cole being furious going, yeah, but you didn't beat me either type of a thing and really build up until we get like a stipulation for a match next time. I I, I really thought this was creative. I thought this was well thought out. I thought this was well done. And, uh, and, and really it carried me throughout the rest of the show, even though I liked the rest of the show for the most part, like, I, like even an underrated thing like that, uh, Oh no, the main event. Let, let's let's okay. not compare the main event here either. I thought the main event also slapped. I thought that like it. This is just. I mean, look, uh, the Bucks and Page versus Blackpool like was good, solid, and intense. Um, I love, I love Wheeler Yuta as like the little punching bag. Like, yes. Watching that Jackson powerbomb Wheeler Yuta. I was like laughing because it's like only like Wheeler Yuta is small enough that Matt Jackson can dominate him. Like, and I like that. I think that's just. Uh, I think I think that's cool. Um, I I I really, I love. I've been loving the whole vibe of Blackpool as of late here. Yeah, uh, they're they're the know. best heel group they have right now. The, the energy's great, even if the story's kind of like confusing or like you know not like hasn't been perfectly launched. I, I think the actual vibe of Blackpool, you know, compensates for whatever uh, continuity discrepancies there are. Although Takeshita has now rebranded himself as El Hio de Don Callis, which is. Which is just fantastic in so many ways, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think Don Callis is one of the most uh, revered Mexican Rudos. Well, he is now the son of Don Callis, right? No, I know, <laughs> and like that, that's in, that's in keeping with Rudo tradition. Yes, yes. Um, no, what I was gonna say is, I like the the match with um, Keith Lee, Darby, Orange, and um, who am I? Sting versus. Uh, the mogul affiliates. It was obvious that time got cut a little bit there. And while it was in the style, almost, I mean, it, it's weird. I loved that match because of the chaos, how it started and then how it ended. And it was like a sprint of a brawl between these two teams. Like, like just the Darby going out, diving and being suicidal. And then orange getting caught by Brian cage. Now I'm not the biggest Brian cage fan in the world, but that was definitely a get your stuff in match. For everybody, I love the ending of that match with Sting doing the death drop off of the uh, off of the orange punch. I thought that was great too. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of filler. I mean, the the weakest thing on this show, possibly other than uh, you know the MJF promo, yeah, 
in the well no i like hey i think hager's solid i don't think hager's supposed to be spectacular i think he's good at what he does like even the that was the best sky blue match i think you'll ever right. see right man i was going to i was going to go there next i thought sky blue really over delivered in that match and uh like bit of a stupid baby face but a bit of a smart baby face at the same time with the blue paint i thought that was clever right i thought that she had a plan yes i i thought the maybe the big mistake in booking but i blame this more on the commercial break or the big mistake in pacing most of this is the commercial break is tony and ruby are going in and tagging they spray her mom or whatever right right and sky blues fire up needed to last more than just that plancha because like literally yeah. she had the fire up hits the plancha we're going to the commercial break and so the heel takes it over but like that's not how that actually should have went during that commercial break during that commercial break it should have actually just been all sky blue like running tony storm ragged thought sonata looked good in that promo um i'm not a big new japan guy but i mean that's the best i've seen sonata look in terms of championship heft uh for for me at least you know just being kind of a dumb casual on such things uh i thought even jack perry's accepting of the open challenge which obviously one up hook and it's so it's so obvious where we're going with this but i think i think perry is actually doing something turning into a heel here i i think he's going to be a good heel which, which you know, despite the pillars build, I, I'm hoping for that. I want to see something out of this kid. I, I really, I really do. Um, yes, I, I thought that the yeah, he, he just you're really my best friend, and everybody boos that line because they know what's coming. It was so great. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's that, and then, like, also just him saying, I really want to win something this year, and you know that he's going to lose this match. Um, but I, I think that he Hook is going to be there, like, solid and true at the end of this match, and that's what's going to make the backstab that much worse. Well, he's going to be looking at that FTW title because he said he was going to win gold this year. That's true. That's and that's true. that, that, that's that's the uh. That's the Chekhov's gun in this whole thing is, is that what was, what was the other thing I was just thinking of? Well, and the I fact remember? that like, he never really mentioned like jungle hooks back together, but he's, there's no clear plan to winning the tag team titles. Oh yeah. Hager and, and Wardlow. I like these guys just have a Haas match and I don't need Hager to set the world on fire. Hager is playing the role of the over the hill, big guy that still has some toughness, but he's never going to win a, a, a a competitive match, but he's still gonna get his licks in and stuff. I've I've never had an issue. I think he's had I think the blowback against Jake Hager was like the cringy America or what was the thing he did with Claudio and Oh Josh. the Real Americans? I the mean Real I, Americans, which the was Real Americans a, was, was like the best gimmick he's ever done. Yeah, but it was also xenophobic. The, Remember? With, 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 no, with, I know I, I I understood the politics of the gimmick, yes. No, I I I, I wasn't wasn't saying you didn't, but but the blowback from how icky the gimmick was, I think, has carried on with Hager for a long, long time. I, I, I but I didn't mind this match at all. I thought Wardlow looked strong in it. Uh, I I can do without Arn Anderson and his Glock. Um, but they beat him up afterwards, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> I I 
think wrestling needs more guns. So I, I actually applaud Arn Anderson's Glock. So, and so, you, so you are so you are against the Scott Hall line that there shouldn't be pistols in wrestling when talking about Pistol Pez Watley. <laughs> 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 uh yeah but like uh no i i mean i i think actually to go to be serious here quite the opposite like a gun should never actually be part of the wrestling universe because it just it's like it's like bringing in a nuclear weapon or something like that it, it's, it's a finger it, it's like the yeah. kenny omega forearm chainsaw it just it's like no and arn is such well, a guy a with bazooka you know yeah but arn is such a guy with a reputation that that you kind of don't want to see that out of him you just want to see him be be mean and and surly you know i kind of want to see him be only at this point in his life be honest with you uh your turn sir um okay is there anything else i want to like throw roses at from this aw show i feel like we've now talked about all of it and yes i i, I mean this is just a very sound show uh, I, I think the Gates of Agony, we talked about them in the last episode. Uh, they, they continue to be impressive. And yeah, for Cage, for his part, looked good. He looked more like one of the Road Warriors than Sting. That uh, face paint was interesting. I, I'm still wondering what, what the artistic choice behind it was. It's like he was trying to do 90s Sting. But That's what looked, I was thinking. Yeah, I think this was like a... a, a maybe 95. He was, let me let me posit this for you. Maybe he was so excited about wrestling Sting, he decided to do Sting cosplay. I mean that that was the idea. Okay. Yeah, no, that they even said that on commentary. Oh, did they? I didn't yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, Stupid. You, they said it on TV. That's gonna go. Your, your analysis is spot on again. Thank, oh. thank, thank you. Yeah, please don't say anything in the Discord about that. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, I I thought I thought it looked good. Uh, I thought I thought it worked. Um, all right, so. Then I made the choice this week, bafflingly, to watch NXT entirely. Um, I don't know why I do things. I, I, I'm a bit of a mystery to myself sometimes, Hawkins. Uh, you know who has just the most obnoxious energy in the world? Wesley, Tyler Bate, and Mustafa Ali. Oh, good Lord. This opening match was so stupid. And, and for it to build up, it, for it to not be a way of establishing that the referees actually are capable of getting calls right sometimes and reversing calls and instead for it to be the pretense for mustafa ali to be the special guest referee wherein he will presumably do a bad job um that promo was cringe oh my god and i like all three of those guys uh tyler Bate at the end what is I'm not a fan of that affect that he is putting onto his voice now when he says things like, I know a delightful vegan restaurant. Yes. You know what that is? That's Brian Danielson being a virgin. That's what that is. I, I hate this. I hate that whole thing. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Uh, what, um, I don't, what I don't hate, she is such a gimmick. And I, I say this every week. I love Thea Hale. She's not a great wrestler, but but I love Thea Hale. She's uh, <laughs> she she has been taught self defense by. I kind of need her and Drew Gulak. And, oh no, and, her Gulak and Dempsey is like an amazing trio. Like especially, yes. like no, like turning those guys like they're like baby faces because she's just so overwhelmingly positive. Um, yeah. No, uh, I 
think that she serves as a tremendous comedic foil for those. Three. Yes, I, I agree. That's, that's and true. Dempsey, I'm sure has his father's humor gene. Yes, and we know Drew Gulak is capable of being very funny. Yes, so like the three of them actually, you know, I, how much screen time will they get? Blah blah blah. But the three of them actually doing stuff will be really entertaining. I I, I agree. As much as I love Chase, you without Andre Chase. It really doesn't have much, and hopefully he's back soon. But I'm, I'm no, here they've for done nothing with Duke Hudson during no. this. Time. The, no, the, M- middle manager Duke, Duke Hudson has been so middle managery he hasn't made a decision while the boss is out of town. Um, I, I want to talk about something a little bit more serious here. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not all right to put Davicato into a handicap match. It's you know it's unfair to Dava, and <laughs> I was watching this and I was mortified. You didn't at... like Dava doing the Java? No, Dava <laughs> not a Java. This isn't this is not Java the Hut. This is Dava the Hut, um, which is different. Dava the Cato, and uh, he's in this handicap match against Scripps and Axiom, bunch of thugs, and. They they are teaming up against him. Who sanctioned this match in the first place? And the crowd is cheering on the two guys. Not yes, the one guy. it's ridiculous in every no, way. I, it really it really is ridiculous though. Like like the the whole premise that like I don't care that this dude is bigger than these two guys by like nearly like he's like nearly double their height. It's crazy, but it doesn't really matter when you have two people because they can be like in different places um i mean if anything in order to really get this stuff off the ground you have to sell it like dabakato's like clotheslines and stuff like annihilate scripts like scripts like clothesline he goes to the outside and like he's up against the guardrails dabakato has to be sid yeah Uh, (laughs) and it takes like axioms to go out there it kind of gets scripts up, and then Axiom tries to go in, and like Axiom gets like tossed out of the ring, like over the top rope. Um, and then you know, like scripts has to go over there, they have to like really rally and figure out some sort of team thing because they realize that like one more mistake like this, and either one of them is just going to be like not able to get back into the ring to answer a 10 count. I like Malik Blade. And his sweater vest, but I still can't get over the promo with Stokely, where Stokely goes, "Brother, it is only March." Um, he has a sweet drop kick, um, and they've improved, but man, they are just dull as dishwater as a team. Uh, and then how dumb did all three of these teams look like at the end when they're like all sitting there talking about the power of friendship and how it's been good that they've kind of gone through this like banding together as brothers thing. And like they're all like you know experiencing camaraderie, and then there's like one announcement of like free crackers, and they're all beating each other. Over yes, that. yes, that was just. And then you're gonna add Umberto and and Garza into this mix. And, and that, gonna... that interview was funny because they're just like, "This is a very interesting place," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, it's great." Who, no, they're who... great. I, I, I like them. them. Uh, I mean, they had to pipe in the booze because yes. I think wants to cheer these guys yeah, no they're, they're great but uh yeah and and of course booker t still stinks i just i i did but i did like roxanne perez's promo after the match i mean she took a header on that uh pop rocks but uh the promo 
against what, Blair. What happened at the end of this match? They went home really early. Well, it's... what happened on the Pop Rocks is is as she uh, it looked like um, who's the other person in this match? Tatum. Tatum. Tatum Paxley. Yeah, it looked like Tatum didn't get a great jump on on the Pop Rocks, or Roxanne just didn't get a good jump on her end, and she landed on her head and neck in there. I think they were a little worried about concussion. Yeah, because they they went home fairly quickly, and then afterwards, Paxley was like on the ground and had her hand over her mouth, so she was like saying a lot of like there was there was a lot of in ring chatter there, and I, yeah. I actually ended up to try to understand. What no, was but going if you on. look at if you look at that, I mean, Ro- Roxanne just 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 dumps herself right on her head and neck, and you're like, oh my god, their uh, Davenport's terrible. Just just terrible. Uh, yeah, she's not my favorite either. Um. I'm going to go into the uh, main roster because I don't have anything else to say about NXT. Uh, number one, uh, the the J story on Bloodline, pretty great, as we knew it would be. Um, <laughs> Sami Zayn pinned somebody with a blue falcon bomb this week, Chris. Pinned, uh, pinned our boy Kaiser. Um, is, that, is that the name he's going? I keep the yeah, I keep yeah. yeah we, I won't call him Von Kaiser, but it's Wolfgang Kaiser. Wolfgang, I keep on calling him Axel Dieter Jr. Still, so it's one of those things. But yeah, I, I, look, Imperium's great. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Imperium is fantastic in this Raw role, and Kevin Owens being kind of a off kilter maniac, along with Sami Zayn, doing. <laughs> where's the bald guy? Um. I, I I'm loving those two as well. Um, you can do a point now on, on raw or WWE, um, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, you know, if you're trying to make Braun breaker really interesting and draw some intrigue to NXT, bringing in Baron Corbin at the same time is a hell of a choice to really build the brand up. Right. Like, well, it, it's one of those things where it's like you have, and and I don't think this works with Seth and Braun fighting while Carmelo and Baron fight. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, which title's actually important here? And it kind of overshadows it. It's kind of like, you know, if, if you had... Uh, the, I mean, that's the, the other the, point here. Does this really elevate the world heavyweight title to exactly. have down and be defended in NXT? So, like, they made two choices here with these two belts. The world heavyweight title, which is theoretically like the supercontinental title or whatever, the number two belt in the company. And then you have the NXT belt, which needs prestige direly. And Carmelo Hayes against Baron Corbin. No one thinks Baron Corbin is going to win the NXT title. And the only thing worse than that would be Baron Corbin winning the NXT title. Like, the only thing that would be worse than the foregone conclusion is trying to buck the foregone conclusion here. I'll give you one thing that might be even worse than that, is if if Carmelo retains with the help of Trick Williams. Oh God, and Melo goes heel. Because, well, no, 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 no. But he, no, he's the, he's the baby face who is smart but using heelish tactics in a David and Goliath match. Because mm. that's what this is, is a David and Goliath match. I think, I think Carmelo Hayes beating Baron Corbin clean. I mean, but that, that's just it too, is that Baron Corbin has not been built up as anything of late. And it, it would take a year 
Yes. I'm I'm not I'm not joking. It would take a year of dedicated booking down in NXT, establishing Baron Corbin on a one-year winning streak. And serious music. Him a, murder-deathing people every week, including yes. people that they like. A serious presentation. I mean, this guy's coming out to the happy Corbin music still. Yes. And he's acting like retro Corbin, only now he looks like Billy Corbin. Uh, it, it's, it, I, it is, uh, he's boring. He's, he's just boring. Yes. And, and that, that's the other problem. He doesn't come off as a badass in any way. He'd need to be repackaged too, almost even more than lone wolf Baron Corbin. He, he'd need, you know, he, he, the destroyer Baron Corbin. And he just comes out and guys he wrestles don't come back for three months type of a thing. I, I, I yeah, he, he would really need. I mean, he'd need to be Dijak on steroids, in terms of the push. Not yeah, the- yeah. I know that that's that's kind of what you're looking at, like the the ultimate sort of Dijak push uh, from a guy who's not at Dijak's performance level. Right. Uh, I will say this: I think the Money in the Bank ladder matches are interesting. I'm actually very excited. I think they're interesting because Cody Rhodes isn't in them. Yes. I mean, it's not a foregone conclusion, at least the men's side. I think the women's side doesn't matter who the fifth person they add tonight is, uh, which I think is probably going to be Raquel. I think Raquel Gonzalez is going to be the one that's added to that match. But on the men's side, it's it's nobody who's ever been thought of in a world title kind of way. And guys that are kind of on the comment, it's kind of the way that you thought money in the bank should have originally been ha- handled, which is a guy, you know, it's, it's not any of the top tier guys. It's all a bunch of guys on that next level fighting to just get a shot at the title. I really like it. I mean, LA Knight, uh, Nakamura, Ricochet. Um, who, who else am I missing? Oh, uh, Santos Escobar, which, you know, I'm here for that. I'm here for him getting any kind of shine in a match. And who, who am I missing in the six there? Uh, I believe is it Jonah? I think it is Jonah. Bron- Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Okay, I'm here for that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bronson Reed wins by disqualification in the uh, in that match. Yeah, money in the bank. No, I don't think you can do that. But uh, oh no, I think it's the qualifier, or like in the match against Ricochet. Let me get the let me get the card up here real quick. And I, 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 you know what? I'm kind of here. I really enjoyed the. I uh, know Cody's not in the match. But I love this Cody Dom feud. It's so stupid. Oh, Damian Priest is in it. I forgot about that. I tend to think Damian Priest is going to be... Uh... Oh, no, never mind. It's Ricochet, Shinsuke, LA Knight, Santos Escobar, Butch, Pulp Fiction, and Damian Priest. We still haven't we still haven't turned Butch back to... Uh, well, I mean, yeah, as name, I've yeah. said it before. I'll say it again. Here he is, world champion. Butch. Beer. Uh <laughs> I, I think Damian Priest is probably getting the because t- they want to turn him babyface and they've started the split now with Judgment uh, Day, and I think JD McDonough is going to be added to Judgment Day eventually. And then on the women's side, Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bailey, Io Sky, and whoever else they put in there, but fairly certain Io Sky is going to be uh, is going to beat Bailey and take that title, and then that'll get that split going too. But the, the the matches themselves, I think, will be fun. Um, I'm. What was I gonna say? There, there's something in there that that 
was bugging me a little bit about the women's part of the match, but I can't remember it right now. Anywho, it's probably not important, but uh, yeah. And then Cody and Dominic, which is <laughs> Nepo baby feud. I'm here for it. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I like, I like the feud. I just, I think that it, the issues that Cody says, I'm going to finish the story. I'm going to finish the story. And it doesn't necessarily always seem like he has his eye on the ball. And I don't think they know how to finish the story, Chris. Because no, they should have finished no, the story no, in March no, 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 or April. Okay, right. Well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but you have to remember that we were told that this is chapter three of a multi-part story, and we have to have faith that this is going to play out. But it's not Cody's story. It's Roman's story. That's why it's chapter three in that story. It's all of our story. It's all. It's, <laughs> Mr. Hand, it's not your time. It's not my time. It's our time. Yeah. Um. Right. No, you know, God. But when we when we go over this match, which will be, what, two weeks from now, I think? Uh, All, all I can think is Rhea's screwing Cody here. <laughs> Just, like, helping Dom win for the heat. And then we're going to have to figure out a way to get or, or, you know, even Brock comes out again and destroys him. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Raw was kind of a rough watch, but I'm 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 here for some of the individual programs. Like, I, I can't be bothered with anything Seth Rollins does because I'm just tired of the singing. The singing is now becoming a problem for me because it's, it's, it's almost like the what chant where it's like we can't get to the point because the audience has to do their song. I I find the the song itself to be kind of annoying. Yes, like it's it's like a lazy version of Seven Nation Army. That's a good call. Uh, yeah, uh, that's just my my two cents on the song. Uh, anything else in wrestling that you want to bring up? Man, I don't think so. I think we basically hit it. We have uh, exhausted, and we were kind of giving everybody flowers this week. It was kind of. Cool. I know. I, I, you know, every so often we can be very positive. Actually, the one person we were kind of negative on was Punk. So look <laughs> at us. We're, we're, you know, Jeff. I think there's hope that you and I can integrate into the mainstream. Right? I told you that if we really put our minds to it, one day. We can be normal. There are 20 people yelling at whatever audio device they're on going, it's about time you all got on the anti-punk train. Oh, I didn't say I got on the anti I mean, I just thought he was shit <laughs> shit this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, That'll do it for I, us. Call him as I see him, Jeff. I am at CrapGame13 on Twitter. Once again, I'll be on the Fight Game Media Network after Collision tomorrow night, live on their YouTube channel, talking Collision with uh, Garrett Gonzalez and Paul Fontaine. Join Fight Game Media at patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. I do the Dynamite show on Wednesdays. Usually goes up about two hours after Dynamite ends. Paul and I thoroughly deconstruct Dynamite to a point that it's almost ridiculous. But yes, uh, either that or follow me for bad jokes and more ALF content coming on Twitter. Uh, Chris is only on Instagram because he is not a man of the people. He is a man No, of- that's it's, it's totally wrong. I'm the voice of the masses, and you can follow me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash doctor D O C T O R underscore N O V. Uh I am I, I've always been repping the people and the shorties. I love the shorties. Oh, uh, so the shorties. It's all about the shorties. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Doing it for the shorties. The uh, meat wad. <laughs> yeah. You got what I'm throwing down there. <laughs> Uh, and I teach guitar lessons. Uh, I actually just did my first week of the Jimi Hendrix series. Um, so 
I got, I'm now calling it Jimi Hendrix summer camp because it's happening during the summer and a lot of like my students or kids who are out of school. But like, what is it really? It's an eight hour lecture series on Jimi Hendrix that like it kind of combines the history of Jimi Hendrix with actual audio recordings of his playing and that sort of thing. Everything this first week here was all the preliminary stuff before the experience. Um, his big three albums. And then I actually break down some of the playing and the techniques that he is doing on this recording. So if you've ever been interested in Hendrix, you are a guitar player um, and want to pick up stuff. This is a great, a great way to kind of get on board and get into the, the Hendrix modality. Um, and then from that point, you can learn other songs and that sort of thing. So for those interested, each session is 25, uh, 25 a session to attend or 20 if you just want the video after the fact. Um, they're two hours long. Uh, and they, they take place every Friday. So for those interested, message me at uh, Instagram.com slash D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. Um, I think I mentioned this in the last show, but don't worry about the government did make a surprise comeback here uh, on Patreon only right now. Um, we're still working out what like a new rollout would look like, uh, you know, of don't worry about the government and feeling out things. But uh I suspect you might even hear some more. Don't worry about the government uh, uh, in the next week or two here, because there have been some uh, news and headlines and that sort of thing. So we'll be uh, we'll be talking about all these sorts of things um, over at Patreon.com/slash/dwatg. Um, you can get lessons from me, uh, Instagram.com/slash/docTOR underscore NOV, uh, and you can also attend the Jimi Hendrix classes. So that's uh, that's all I got, Jeff. Okay, we'll end it there. Okay. Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.